very uh, good morning to all of you. I'm glad that you are joining us on this uh, live stream service, hopefully live, but uh, I know some of you may be watching it delayed, uh, telecast a bit later. Uh, nonetheless, I wanted to take some time to expound or um, look at this passage from uh, John's Gospel. Speaking about bread, quite an apt passage. It's part of our lectionary reading, but apt because in the pandemic, I realized a lot of people have started baking. I, I know because I've started to uh, enjoy the fruits of their baking as well. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. Um, but let's bow for a word of prayer as we prepare our hearts to hear God's word. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, a day you have made that we can rejoice and be glad in. And even as we come before your throne of grace, as we sit at your feet to listen to your word, we ask, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Of course, you know right now uh, uh, what's going on is the uh, Tokyo Olympics. Right? And some of you, I think, may be watching the games and um, uh, different type of games because no spectators are there. But, you know, watching the Olympics coming once every four years, in this case, it's 2020 Tokyo, but uh, done in 2021, obviously because of the circumstances we find ourselves in. But I, I always love watching uh, uh, the games because, you know, it, it, it's, it epitomizes, you know, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, if you remember <laughs> way back in our days, we watched ABC White World of Sports. But one of the stories of the week, of course, is uh, our very own Joseph Schooling. And um, um, you know that he didn't qualify even for the semifinals in his pet event, the 100 meters butterfly. And if you have been looking at the news or yeah, and on social media, you realize that he's uh, caught a lot of criticism. And, you know, people are not happy with his effort. Uh, it's not enough what he did to, to have won the gold medal. And I think that's tragic because obviously uh, nothing can erase the uh, amazing fact that he's won Singapore's first ever gold medal. But, you know, um, you can't satisfy people, it seems like. And it, it, people are very hard to please. And in many ways, this passage of Scripture also is uh, the same because... Um, Jesus uh, is finding the crowd really hard to please. And we're going to take some time to look at this. And we start in verse 24. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And, you know, this is the point, is that people were seeking Jesus in his day. And I think even right here, right now, people still continue to seek Him. But the reality is that we often seek God in the wrong places. right? If you look a little bit before this passage in verses 22-23, uh, uh, the passage tells us that uh, um, uh, they were puzzled because you know it's like the boat, there was only one boat and the disciples got on the boat, boat crossed the, the, the um, uh, Sea of Tiberias or, and Jesus didn't get in the boat so they expected him to be on this side, but then he was missing. Of course, you look a few verses earlier, Jesus didn't need the boat at all. He walked across the water <laughs> and got to the other side. But they realized he wasn't there, so they, they were so desperate to have him, they were so determined, they went and pursued after him, and they went over the other side. But why were they so determined to look for Jesus? 
Well, this comes hot on the heels of this great miracle, what is often called the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah, you remember that story of how Jesus took five loaves and two fish and he divided it amongst a crowd of 5,000 men, not counting women and children. They could have been up to 10, 12, 13, 14, 15,000 people, depending on how many people had come to hear Jesus. And he fed them. And not just fed them, fed them till they were full, till there were 12 baskets of uh, uh, leftovers. That's how uh, much they were fed. And as a result, they were looking for him. In fact, you skip earlier in this, uh, uh, before this passage we're looking at in verse 14. It says this, When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. And we can see from this passage, Jesus was not interested in playing the popularity game. He wasn't interested in fame. In fact, uh, especially in Mark's gospel, it's something called the messianic secret. He keeps telling people, don't talk about it. Don't tell them. Don't blow it up. You know, don't publicize this. Because he realized, you know, sometimes people will seek the wrong thing. And, you know, the fact of the matter is this passage that we're looking at in um, um, John's Gospel, chapter 6, I want to continue in verses 25 and 26. We see their motivation, that they were chasing, they were seeking Jesus for the wrong reasons. It says, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus understood that question, when did you come here, was not so much, when did you come here? It's like, oh, you ran away from us. <laughs> You know, we want more of you, Jesus. That's why we see in verse 26, he continues, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. You are looking for me to provide for your physical needs. Uh, um, the message by Eugene Peterson says it even more uh, pithily. He says, Because I fed you, filled your stomachs, and for free. That's why you're looking for me. Right? People always want a deal. They're looking for free handouts. And that was something that uh, um, was happening with the crowd. And in fact, if you go on and you look at the passage, you realize that, you know, one time was not enough for the, the, the people. Verse 30, it goes on. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And basically, it was this uh, reality in which they, didn't, they weren't satisfied with being fed just once. They wanted manna. The passage that was read earlier from the Old Testament uh, recounts that our God fed them day after day after day. You know, they wanted this bread from heaven. The feeding of the 5,000 <coughs> was not enough. They were asking that question, what have you done for me lately? And so you realize that, you know, it never seems to be enough. The appetites that we have, the hunger that is deep within, never seems to be enough. And oftentimes it's not enough because we're looking to the wrong sources. That's what Jesus intimated in verse 27. We skip back to verse 27. He says to them, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, 
which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. He's contrasting the food that perishes with the food that endures to eternal life. You see, all of us are on this quest, and we all want to be filled and satisfied. This quest for enough. This uh, uh, famous uh, man by the name of John D. Rockefeller, who was at one stage the uh, most uh, the richest person in the United States, uh, probably the world, Standard Oil, which later on became uh, broken up into Exxon Mobil and all the other different oil companies because of uh, antitrust uh, actions against him. He was once asked, how much is enough? And he said, just a little bit more. <laughs> and that's the reality. People, we struggle, all of us, to be successful enough, to be happy enough, to be thin enough, or wealthy enough, or influential enough, or desired enough, or charitable enough, woke enough, or good enough. In our own minds, we have set up benchmarks that we try and attain. We want to have enough so that we can be enough. I think that's why so many of us find ourselves on this endless treadmill of the rat race of life. You know, we are engaged in our self-propulsion projects or uh, in many ways trying to justify ourselves, self-justification. But you know, the reality is even if we have achieved our enough standards, there is a problem. Uh, a book which I've uh, uh, commended to you in the past, written by my friend David Zhao, called Seculosity, he says this, people who think they're good are usually pretty mean. In other words, those who've attained what in their own standards is the right standard, they end up being quite mean. They often feel good about being mean. And what results is a culture des dominated by outward demonstrations of piety and will become increasingly a merciless place, full not only of self-justification, but self-consciousness and fear. It will be a place that crucifies rather than forgives. And he's not just talking about religious atmospheres, religious piety, religious pharisaism. But you see it in the world today. I would suggest to you, you know, this woke culture, this uh, reality of the cancel culture, the, the, the virtue signaling is a product of this same human impulse that when we think we are good enough, we end up being mean to others. And we, you know, chastise them and we call them up. But the reality is this. The Pharisee is not just out there. There is a Pharisee in each and every one of our heads as well. And I suggest to you that's why so many continue to struggle with mental health issues. <laughs> because we are never enough in our own heads, in our own minds. You know, you try and reduce stresses in the external, it's not going to be enough. I know, for example, the MOE is trying, and they're saying year-end, you know, the major examinations, they're going to cut some of the topics so that you have less to cover. But do you think the students are going to be any less stressed taking their O's or A's or N's or PSLE? I can tell you the parents are not any less stressed <laughs> with that. You know, the, the stress continues because the expectations are sky-high. And we feel that we can never be enough. And that's the reality. 
So how can we find ourselves satisfied? You know, Jesus, when he referred to the feeding of the 5,000, he called it a sign. In fact, all throughout John's gospel, miracles are called signs. You know what signs are, right? Signs are meant to point to something beyond themselves. Signs on the road which tell you there's a fork ahead, it's not the sign itself that's significant. It's telling you that up ahead, you're going to have to make a decision. Do you go right or do you go left? You know, you need to slow down because the, the road is not smooth. And, and the signs are never meant to draw attention to them itself. It's always meant to point to something beyond. And that's why, you know, Jesus said in verse 35 of this passage, the last uh, verse in this passage, he said this, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I am the bread of life. <clears throat> now, I don't know, in this day and age, uh, carbs seem to be bad, right? You have this keto diet, low-carb diet, you know. But the reality is, you talk to any dietitian, they'll tell you you need carbs. Carbs are important for a, a balanced, healthy uh, diet, for long-term health. And, and uh, yeah, it's good if you take you know, the glycemic index and you make sure it's low glycemic and all that sort of thing. But nonetheless, uh, uh, carbs are important. And in Jesus' day, bread represented the staple food. It is what you eat to be satisfied. It's like for us Chinese people or, or those of us who are Asian, rice is our staple. I suppose if Jesus were speaking to our uh, um, um, culture and our community, he'd say, I am the rice of life. You know, you know what that means, right? There, I've got friends who, you know, no matter how much they eat, if there's no rice, the meal's not complete. There's no satisfaction. <laughs> I, I know a friend who uh, goes to these eight-course, ten-course, nine-course uh, wedding dinners, and, and, you know, they serve noodles. He's never satisfied. He will ask the uh, server for a bowl of rice, and he still need to eat that bowl of rice to make sure that the meal's complete. And in some ways, what Jesus was ultimately trying to say is this. When he said, I am the bread of life, he's saying this. He says, I am enough. I am enough. That only Jesus can satisfy the longings of our hearts. But you see, this quest for enough always, you know, rears up. And even those of us who are Christians, even though we understand it, even those of us who know God and we understand the grace of God and that He's done everything for us, you know, the question keeps coming up. And I skip back to verse 28 of uh, uh, the passage because they were asking Jesus, you know, when He was talking about the works of God and all that stuff, they said to Him, then they asked Jesus, what must we do to do the works God requires? What is it that we must do as Christians, to be good enough? How can we prove ourselves? How can we still continue to justify ourselves? And so even as Christians, you know, we continue to run this, uh, 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 on this treadmill of trying to prove ourselves. And that's why Jesus had to say to them, all you need to do is believe. All you need to do is have faith. In me. That's why, you know, the writer of Hebrews tells us, without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those 
who earnestly seek Him. As I conclude my sermon, I want to ask you today, as you hear the Word of God, to evaluate in your own life. Have you been looking for satisfaction or love in all the wrong places? Whether for some it may be that Olympic gold medal or attaining that particular grade so you can get into this particular school. Others, it may be our careers. Some people look for their satisfaction and pleasure. I mean, hence the KTV lounges and all the uh, trouble we find ourselves in. Where are you looking for your enough? Jesus says, I am enough. That my love is enough. And I believe he says to each and every one of us, I love you more than enough. And as we come before his throne of grace this morning, let's open our hearts to him again and afresh. And lay down our quests for enough. Climbing those ladders that really need to lead to nowhere. And find our satisfaction in Him. And make all these other things secondary in that sense. Important, yes, but not primary in our lives. Not what drives us uh, to Him. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Let's take a moment just to reflect on God's Word.